0: Hammer Time. My name is Phil Wheelands, and with me are Jim Grant. Good evening. Hello Jim, speaking remotely as usual. We've switched the visuals off so we're just on our audio at the moment. How are you? I'm, I'm very well, I'm very well. Good, good, good. Now, in one of the earliest lockdown podcasts, uh, we were discussing West Ham matches that have been called off at the last minute because at that time, all the Premier League programme fixtures had been called off. So we, uh, we were talking about games that were suddenly called off because of frozen pitches and stuff. And uh, Sam Delaney uh, regaled us with a heartwarming (laughs) 25-year-old tale of a fixture between West Ham and Queen's Park Rangers on February the 22nd, 1995. Now, the game was called off at the last moment, so uh, everyone had gone to it. Pretty much everyone had gone to it anyway, so... Sam and his brothers, in an attempt to uh, raise the morale of all the disappointed West Ham fans and at least leave them with something they could take away uh, with a memory of, uh, they staged a a beating uh, for the (laughs) entertainment of West Ham's fans. Um, Uh, they decided to uh, sacrifice their QPR-supporting brother, Cass, uh, who I've met and worked with as well, uh, by, by beating him up. Uh, it was a public beating for the entertainment of West Ham fans in the immediate vicinity and taking part in the beating. Uh, and perhaps to uh, remind us a little bit more of that uh, beautiful beating, um, Are Sam Delaney. Hi, Sam. Hi. And it's also Dom Delaney. Hi, Dom. Hello there. Tom what are your memories of the beating
2: Well I've just discovered after it uh, being sort of resurrected as a as a sort of a, a fraternal incident that took place at West End that I can't remember a, a, a fucking thing about it Right but, uh, we were we were probably incredibly intoxicated by that point because going to the supporters club there in uh, in Castle Street was uh, we, there was only ever one objective after the game, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah, to just sink as much cheap beer as you possibly could. That said, that said, I think probably uh, Cass would have had it coming to him. He anyway. would have
4: asked for it. He would have yeah. asked
2: for so, it. So even if the game had been played, we would have administered the same
4: uh, level yeah. of
2: violence uh, towards him on the district line on the way back. Which he
4: kn- he knew, and we knew when he committed to come to that game that he was going to get a beating at some point and not because we're bad people but because he, when he, especially when he's had a drink I mean Dom and I, we don't drink anymore we haven't drunk for years but in those days, I suppose all of us could get a bit aggressive when we're drunk but Cass is someone who almost begs for a beating he couldn't want a beating more if he got a formal letter countersigned by his solicitor (laughs) inviting people to beat him up he begs for a beating after three pints of anything.
0: making condition of his attendance that there yeah. will be a beating.
4: Yeah, he would have known. And, yeah, because he, he can't help himself asking for it. So he's come outside on Castle Street after the game when we're, you know, we're all three sheets of the wind. And he started singing, you know, come on, you super hoops and all of this. And I think at one point, this is classic him singing things like, where's your famous ICF? So we felt. Right, ab- obliged right. to give it the beat a bit the beating that he clearly so so desired.
0: Yes, that's uh, yeah, that does feel like he's he's asking for it. Jim, Jim, do you remember when we went to that Southampton away fixture yeah. and uh, it was tipping down with rain? And us, oh, and yeah. the Simpson family, went in to a pub to seek a shelter and oh, yeah. alcohol. And yeah. there was a game on telly, wasn't it? It was like a sort of that paint trophy or something game on telly. Yeah, and Millwall Millwall were in this fixture that just happened to be on telly. So this pub is full of West Ham fans, and a Millwall supporter on his own in Southampton started goading West Ham fans with West Ham songs. And um, in a way, to protect him, the Southampton fans began attacking him just... (laughs) Yeah. Just to protect him from the bigger beating he was about to get from West Ham fans, they decided to. So it was like um, it's like homeopathy. They decided yeah. to desensitise him from the enormous beating he was going to get by giving him a mild dose of the beating.
3: Before
4: <laughs> well, well, it's Easy a vaccine. Yeah. To be fair, it's it is a bit like antibiotics too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As I none of us here are doctors, as far as I understand it, but no. I think it's the same principle antibiotics works on.
3: Yeah, he had yeah, a lot yeah. of beer thrown over him anyway, didn't he? Yes, he did. He got, got a huge amount of beer, of beer
4: thrown over yeah. There was yeah. one time where, Dom, uh, this seems relevant now, we're into these sorts of stories. Dom, there was one time when you were kidnapped by Millwall fans, wasn't there, and locked inside was, their pub. I was kidnapped by Millwall fans
2: and locked out. I got talked into going to the opening uh, game at the New Den, and it was a corporate affair, and I thought, well, do you know what? Why not? He was quite a good mate of mine. Um, it was and a trick. It, And I it, knew it. It was an ambush. It was but a trap. very carefully worked out because I went yeah. and had all the, what the middle equivalent of prawn sandwiches were, which I think was uh, slices of pork pie or something. Fish paste uh, on a cracker. Yeah. It's too much. And, uh, and, <laughs> and afterwards I was invited back to uh, his uh Pub that he ran off the old Kent Road called the uh, Queen Victoria, uh, which is a Millwall pub, but I was invited back because his brother. And they're big blokes, these two. His brother—they
4: ran it together, didn't they? This. They part.
2: ran it together. His brother was a West Ham fan, so I thought, you know, I'll go back there with him, and at least for the first time in this whole evening, I'll have a bit of support—not only support, support from a massive West Ham fan. And when I say massive, he's like six foot seven and um, built like a brick shit house. So I went in there, and he thought to himself well, I've got another West Ham fan in the pub for the first time in like 10 years, so I'm going to flaunt it. And he started shouting, I've got another West Ham fan with me tonight. And these blokes in there were really <laughs> sort of the hardcore of Millwall. And his brother, Pat, uh, laughed about it quite a lot. But Not one single Millwall supporter joined in the joviality and the irony of it. And the stares that I got in a place were basically, if you don't get out of here pretty soon, regardless of you being mates with the landlords, we're going to kill you to death. (laughs)
4: <laughs> my favourite bit about it was that they didn't let you out for quite a long time no they didn't <laughs> let me out But I, I'm wondering
2: whether it was for my own safety or whether they were just revelling in the fact that I was sort of uh, in the corner of the bar trying not to sort of break any sort of facial expression whatsoever <laughs> I worked out that a smile would have been like a little bit provocative uh, uh, you know a mean look and staring them out would have been a death wish so I just sat there just sort of staring at my pint and giggling now and again I um, see this being made as a film
4: with Danny Dyer as you Didn't, didn't, uh, they, um, didn't they draw your face on a lemon and put a, a Stanley knife in it And then you that, only found that the next day in your bag
2: Yes, they left it in my bag for when I left Yeah,
4: yeah. It turned up in
2: my briefcase <laughs> at work war, A strange shot across the bows. I was going through for my files at a particularly important meeting And pulled out a lemon uh, with a Stanley knife
4: on it with MFC Written on the bottom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean. Strange way right to warn someone, isn't it? And yeah. what is the wow. warning as well? It's unspecific. The of the calling card. Yeah. A lab- it was fruit quite based. Lab- yeah, yeah, I'm sure. surprised that any
2: Millwall fans had any fruit on them.
4: Mm-hmm. A lot of them sell fruit and veg. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yes, I suppose so. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, Edmund wasn't in great state. It was probably one of the cast off ones that i have been It's yeah. so yes. a Millwalls Edmund. Yeah, yes. probably. <laughs> probably.
0: Uh, anyway, uh, before we carry on, um, uh, small group training uh, has begun this week at Rush Green. And uh, uh, David Sullivan said, uh, it's just the best players to begin with, the really good ones. Uh, then we'll work downwards, he went on to say, group by group till we get to David Martin and Snodgrass and Declan Rice, who's not very good, wink, and who no club would be interested in Wink, wink, said uh, David Sullivan. Uh, Several players were missing from training. uh, Jeremy Ngakia, who, on the advice of his agent, Binky Stardust, and in order to call the owner's bluff, has announced his retirement from football in order to focus on media work. Also missing was Jared Bowen, who has failed to maintain the expected level of fitness during lockdown. Once an upstairs window has been removed and a crane hired, he will be transported to the training ground by road and rail. Uh, A furious representative for Bowen said it's an outrage. The club has failed in its duty of care in acclimatizing Jared to his new surroundings. They failed to make sure that he was completely across how nice the pizzas are down here in London. It's scandalous. Jared likes the ones with little fish on that are all salty. Back home, he would have a pizza with a portion of hay on top. But this is completely different and he doesn't have to go to two different shops. The pizza place must have the little fish already there. Mm. Are they baby fish or is that as big as they get? Also, they must feed them on salt or something, because they're really salty. Once you've put salt on, you're spitting feathers. By the third or fourth pizza, you need a six-pack of cobra just to wet your whistle. Four seasons, that's the one to get. They're artichokes, they're gorgeous. And the sauce is lovely. It's dead tomato-y, but also a bit aniseedy. It's mad, but it works. <laughs> First to arrive is David Moyes. Although this may seem like overkill, Moyes is dressed in a full-length burqa. The Scottish complexion simply cannot survive pleasant sunshine. In some countries, the commonly used nickname for Scots is cider vampires. Even reading the sun requires Scots to use sunscreen. The Scottish expression for a nice day is a day. Next in is Thomas Suchek. Taking advantage of lockdown, Thomas is now fluent in English, having taken a course contained on a series of cassettes sent over from Prague by his uncle. Training begins with a few simple drills, sprints and relay races in which to maintain social distancing instead of a baton, a pole vaulting pole is passed from player to player. Thomas Suchek described the exercises as most bracing and engendering health benefits akin to those derived from the taking of sea air at rye. He also now has a butler and is <laughs> stopped passing to the black players. Dozens of bottles of hand sanitizer were placed at regular intervals, which during breaks in training, Andrei Yarmolenko was spotted drinking and pouring over <laughs> his face. Like many goalkeepers, Lucas Fabianski trains alone. In order to build his confidence back up, he is training with a -a five-a-side goal, and instead of gloves, has been given those enormous foam hands they have in sports crowds. Instead of a ball, they're using a space hopper. And in a further attempt to boost his self-esteem, the shots on goal are all from Carlos Sanchez. On the address of a sports psychologist, Fabianski spent lockdown in a care home. It was felt that if he could just catch something, anything (laughs) at all, that would be great. Small training games have begun. To avoid contact, the players are all fitted with those things cars have to reverse, with the beep when you get too close to the kerb. Misunderstanding the reason for this, Pablo Fornal's reverses for the whole game. Early on, the rapid speeding up of beeps caused Lucas Fabianski to scream, it's going to blow, cut the green wire, the green one. He then tried cutting Ryan Frederick's bootlaces with a knife he mysteriously had on him. The proximity sensing technology was first developed in the 90s and deployed by Ale Berkovich, which was how he was able to avoid tackling anybody, (laughs) even by accident. Instead of tackling each other and maintaining social distance, a defensive player will shout out the word tackle, except Thomas Suchek, who, in attempting to learn a word a day, yells the word consortium. Whether the tackle is successful or not is decided instantly by David Moyes, who in turn yells the word Yay or Nay. <laughs> Decision is then referred to VAR. <laughs> so it looks like they're all back at training. Oh, that's good. It's incredible. That's great
4: awesome. news. Really yeah. great.
0: Yeah. It's good that they're all there, uh, in small groups, obviously. Uh, and so it looks like um it looks like it's gonna happen.
2: Uh, yeah. Sounds a little bit about this. I'm a bit confused about this uh, returning to training because wasn't there a news item about 2 weeks ago claiming that Tottenham and West Ham had already resumed training.
0: Yeah, I don't
2: know I don't but know what to that. that. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's uh so were we flouting the laws by getting them back early or was it simply not true that they had gone back early?
0: I don't know. I don't know if they um
2: you know, maybe they weren't out of a... Maybe they had to start early to get all those complex systems into place. I mean, it probably took <laughs> time night to... You know, yeah,
0: yeah. And stuff. There's a lot of infrastructure stuff yeah. that needs doing. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they just weren't back... Uh, maybe they were all in the gym or something rather
4: than back at Rush. Tottenham, Tottenham got in trouble, didn't they? Because um, Mourinho was meeting with, I think, Ndombele down at the park. For real, there was pictures of it. Right. And I, I just sort of thought it was – that was – I spoke – to me, that seemed weird because I thought, to but what it, ends are you meeting each other at the, the, park?
2: the park? Do you mean down
4: the wreck? Yeah, like down Dog shit Park. He as, was going as, down as, the wreck. As they know it locally. Is yeah. Every area's got a Dog shit I just Park. just
2: knocked on his door and said, are you coming out?
4: Yeah. i no. It was like that. They were. I can't remember where they were. It was something like Hampstead Heath, although – you know god knows what could have been going on but they um they it was sort of weird because i think i i usually think of managers like certainly ones like Mourinho to not get their hands dirty with the actual business of you know training players in terms of like you know run over there touch your toes do a star jump right but in the photographs that seemed to be Mm -hmm. what Mourinho was doing with Ndombélé. I mean, I think it's a bit creepy because there's a guy who's like, "What's Mourinho?" A man in his fifties, yeah, up on Amsterdam with another man in his early twenties, and they've met up, and he's sort of telling him he's standing watching him while the other while the young lad just runs up and down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I sort <clears throat> of wonder what, what Mourinho's agenda what, what, is. I
2: think that was all like a bl- little bit of a facade, and then afterwards they may have gone off to maybe make love
4: Absolutely. no i'm not no i'm not saying that, they, that there was anything sexual it's not what i mean but i do think it's odd possible i, I mean it would be less odd if it was sexual if they, were, if they were both homosexuals having a relationship i'd be like fine but this is stranger this is a strange thing traditionally
0: yes. is- uh, males meet in parks to discuss the fact that one of them fancies the other one's sister
4: that, that could have been it. That could have been Those it.
0: clandestine meetings are often to discuss terms under which one will allow the other one to go out with their sister.
2: If it was down the wreck, that definitely
4: would have been the case. And we'd have yeah. the whole issue. Yeah,
0: yeah.
4: Well, maybe one day the, the truth about these encounters on Hampstead Heath will come to light. But until then, obviously people are going to speculate.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It, it invites speculation. It does, yeah. Perhaps some kind of whistleblower, some kind of deep throat type will meet in a, a <laughs> basement of a car park and reveal <laughs> the <laughs> group. Deep throat training. Harry Kane doing a deep voice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: they had a secret Nathan in, in the park.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: a secret I think Nathan between um, Doze and uh, Dembele. <laughs> <laughs> we we know, we know that Harry. We know. Oh, okay. Well, as you were, that's all I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. To speak not of this again. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So it does seem like there's going to be uh, there's going to be a football season, presumably closed door football season.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. There was that thing that in the Bundesliga, one of the stadiums was <laughs> full of uh, sex dolls.
4: Did you see? It in in I Korea? thought that was in Korea. Uh, oh, that was that was, in yeah. Korea? Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, right.
4: Okay. In in Germany, what they had was um, couple cutouts. They had a couple of cuts, and you, you send in your photo, and they make a couple cut of you. But, oh. I mean, you know, what a pain that, in that
2: the ass. That's mentioned Gladbach, there was quite a lot of them, wasn't there? Yeah. I mean, it was like very efficient German working that like producing those with all fans' faces on and probably putting them in their correct seats and everything.
4: Yeah. I know. It just seemed like such a load of hassle for, like... Not to the Germans, know. it's not. That is We're a warm no, no. I mean, even, yeah. if the, even if they offered it to us, which, I mean, can you imagine West Ham getting their act together to do that? They couldn't even... They still haven't finished the fucking... So it took them two years to put that carpet down, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the chances of them getting fucking 60,000 cardboard cutouts of all of us. But... Even if they did offer, I mean, how many of us would go, oh, that's good. Let's um, let's get some high-res images of our faces yeah. made up and sent to them. What
0: would be really great is if they got each supporter to send in uh, a JPEG of a high-res image, but also an MP3 of just, we're at least, we're allowed to shout one thing out each, <laughs> and they all get put together in a big sound montage of crowd noise.
4: What would your word be?
0: What would your instruction be to a particular West Ham player? Mm. In one of, um, you know how the mics that mic up the crowd sometimes pick out one or two voices quite distinctly? In those videos, uh, Rob Banks has been putting up the end of season VHS. Oh, yeah,
4: brilliant, yeah.
0: There's one from something like the sort of 88-89 season.
4: (laughs) It's just at one point a bloke goes... Kelly,
2: you're shit!
4: <laughs> well, there was one that was a favourite of Dom, Dom and mine that we yeah, used to hear. In, it must have someone side. who sat near us. And yes. you'd always hear, there'd be a lull, and it was that same era, late 80s, and you'd hear, when Kevin Keane was playing on the wing, who I always thought was a great player, but one Brilliant. bloke really hated him, and we'd always hear, Keane, you cunt! As soon as he ran
2: past, whether he was having a good game or a bad game, I don't know if Keane had wronged him at
4: some point, but it was, Keane, you cunt! Yeah, and actually, yeah. on one of Rob Banks' videos that he put up the other day, which I've been watching like loads, it's brilliant that Rob's been doing that because yeah, yeah. been absolutely great. I mean, he's always put them up, but recently over these last two months, they've been particularly welcome. There's been load and actually, I was watching. I was thinking of Keen, you come that man the other day, which is what we came to know him as, and I got angry with him, even though he was a man I didn't know then and haven't seen in any case for like over twenty years. But no, he so I was, was looking, going I was looking when Keen left. Yeah, he left too. I saw it. I was watching Kevin Keane. I was sat on my bed watching Kevin Keane on my phone on a video that Rob Banks had put up. And I was dwelling on it and thinking, look at that fucking, Kevin Keane's a fucking great player. What was that bloke's problem? Yeah. <laughs> I was raging about that bloke. So I was like, that Kevin Keane was, was
2: fantastic. Problem. That was the problem for me because Keane, I thought, was the last decent, speedy winger yeah. we've ever had. And I loved him. And yeah, it was he so many chances, he was brilliant, he was our only hope in some games, but there was this one man that thought he was a cunt. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> that every single a, game.
4: A, a few years later, um, early 90s, uh, there was a, it was exactly what you said, like, you know, when everyone goes quiet, at that point, someone else shouts, so you really pick it out. Yeah, And And yeah. um, me and my mate Nev heard someone shout Ian Bishop, Bishop you pig like <laughs> they can they said bishop you and then they were lost for an appropriate word so they said pig which is one of the strangest things I've ever heard said shouted at a player. <laughs> yeah, that is very you because cool. a pig is something that you can imagine it's what a wronged woman calls her husband who's been yeah. a bit He's been out too much, and she she suspects him of cheating. It's like what Andrew would have said to Den, maybe in EastEnders. You know, like but the other thing. Pig
2: in certain countries, being called a pig is absolutely the worst insult you could ever. Oh get. yeah. So it could have been the Belgian hammers. Yeah, perhaps
3: it was. That, yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. 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 When we first went started going in the in the Bobby Moore lower after it opened and we were on the sort of west side of it, there was a bloke near us who occasionally would just shout Roland in a very
2: high
4: tone. Kevin Roland, yeah, because it he was yeah, must have making reference to Roland from Grange Hill. Grange Hill Roland. Oh,
2: is
3: that yeah. what it was? I never yeah. really got the reference. I think mean, it
2: must have like, been that, yeah. Uh, I'm only trying uh, to help you, Roland. It was quite yeah. convoluted. That you must know, have been what it was. It, I never it. took us it. about three or four games to work out, that was the reference they were trying to draw.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. yeah. Oh, we cracked it one day. That, that, I know what he means. Yeah, it's Roland. Fat, you know, fat, fat that's
3: Roland. That's, that explains something that has baffled me for many years. Mm. Thank
4: you. Well, I mean, Jim, I'm not being mean, right, but I think Roland was after your time in Grange Hill. Because <laughs> No, it, it was because like, I you know, you're a little bit older than me and you would have maybe like had the Tucker Jenkins era and Roland came a few years after that, at which point I suspect you'd stop watching Grange Hill. Uh, yeah,
3: I never really watched it a lot. To start with But yeah Tucker
4: I remember You remember Tucker You stopped Ro- watching yeah. it When it went comprehensive Didn't you Jim <laughs> <laughs> Ro- Ro- Yeah Roland Yeah because When it started out It was a grammar Yeah um, Yeah. Roland was There was an Ofcom There was an
0: Ofcom Investigation of the school That made Jim Stop watching it
3: It was actually it- Investigated by Ofsted As well as Ofcom They um, They did that song Just say no Drugs campaign thing oh. That came out In my first few years Of, of me Of my teacher that was in the 80s i think
1: yeah
4: i just started teaching then i think when that came
1: out
4: i um, yeah just say no and did you play that to any of the kids in your classroom kids uh very important a very a fantastic toe tapper has been released into the hit parade uh, but it's more <laughs> than just a great song to get on down to kids it's also got a very important and powerful message and it goes something like this and then you press play <laughs>
3: yeah. i should have done shouldn't i really mm. i
4: never did yeah. yeah, missed opportunity. <coughs>
3: Saves people from you
2: know. Well, yeah, <laughs> not the cardboard fans. Well, there, there is uh, uh, something in the news today saying that we're going to do our own version of uh, crowd support, virtual crowd support, by inviting West Ham fans to be broadcast on our lovely big screens uh, it, it, by via Zoom. So they're going to piece together. A big patchwork on a Zoom screen. Now, uh, how they go about it? Well, just given
3: so they broadcast pan pan the sound in the ground then? So uh, they crowd
2: yeah, they like, uh, I don't know how many people. How many people can you fit on a Zoom
4: screen? I don't know. I don't know. I've, the most it's I've seen. A
2: hundred, I think.
4: The most I've, I mean, after the last few months, you know, where we've been doing more Zoom meetings, everyone. The most I've been on at once with is twenty-eight
2: blimey
4: yeah that's, that's quite blimey.
2: a lot so there's that. Two, two big screens yeah so that's uh 50,
4: that's 50,
2: what's that? that's 56 56 people
4: 56 i, I mean you could do more than that i found 28 faces overwhelming to look at on my laptop <laughs> I, d- I did i like i thought i can't consume all of this this is fucking it, it was intimidating it was overwhelming and i just felt Discombobulated by the experience, the idea of sixty thousand of them—no way, not for me. I'll be staying away. I'd actually stay and they, away.
2: they'll them. all be shouting their individual insults, of course, as well. Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: Maybe, yeah. maybe we should get keen You come back and Roland
4: and Bishop, and Bishop, you pig. And yeah. Bishop, I, I think that. Listen, when we go to football, one of the main appeals of football. For men, honest, working men like the four of us who toil all week, right? Uh, uh, Whether that be in the pit or the steelworks or any of the other, or in Phil's case, you know, like in the improv club or me just sitting about writing bollocks, right? Now, if when we go to football on a Saturday, we need a release, don't we? We need an outlet for our aggression and anger and rage, Right. And so we like to go into the stadium and we like to shout whatever we want, surrounded by other men who are just like us, full of rage, right? And it's fine because it's all legitimised, isn't it? And we're all doing it together and we're all consenting adults. But in this Zoom scenario, you're sat in your room, right? Yeah. Dom's got about, what is it, like 15, 16 kids, right? And, like, you're sat there with all of them. Yeah. And you're shouting all oh, your can, you can or whatever it might be, Yeah, you fucking can, you hello, uh ah! yeah. you know, ultimately all this shouting we know who it's really aimed at, it's aimed at our fathers, right? <laughs> but yeah but, but we never want our dads to actually hear it, so that's why we shout at footballers instead. What right? But what I don't want yeah. what, I, what I don't want fun. is for my wife and my children to hear the things that I want to shout at the football.
2: No. You certainly don't want to hear, which will be the case in my house, my wife chipping in every five minutes going, keep the fucking noise down. Exactly.
4: Exactly. I really think crying. It would be awful.
2: Also, when those uh,
0: journalists do their kind of remote uh, articles about stuff, their kids very often wander through the back of the shop shop now. And that's going to be that's going to be, you know, because a lot of those uh, season ticket holders, their kids won't necessarily have half price kids for a quid ticket. So they'll be at the game illegally, essentially.
1: Yeah.
0: In the back of the shop.
2: Where, where, where do we where do we sit with that
4: i just think i just do you know what i think right i genuinely think people are overplaying, and i say this you guys know right we've all gone to west ham with each other for many years right so i like going to the game as much as the next person but what i think is is that people are over exaggerating how important we the fans are to the game right <laughs> They are because I watched fucking Dortmund versus Schalke, right? It was a perfectly good game of football, right? And yeah, I mean, you know, it was a derby, so I'm supposed, I suppose I suppose I'm not saying there wouldn't have been anything added to it had the fans been there. Of course, there would have been, but it was perfectly, it was still football.
0: I mean, but without the without the fans there, though, it's possible they could have altered the match quite a lot in post production.
4: Well, yeah, because no-one would be easy. there to keep yeah. an eye on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah well, that's, this whole that's, game, that's very true. Highlights.
0: Whole games of football that are essentially just Andy Circus in a motion capture suit.
4: That's uh, when you realise that it could be that this is all, this old COVID nonsense has been set up by a Malaysian gambling syndicate. Yeah,
2: yeah.
4: So that they may alter the outcomes of games and make a killing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. In the middle of a game, one of our upcoming games might just suddenly insert Decanio doing a wonder goal. Yeah. Claiming that it's 1 0 to West Ham because they haven't quite got to
4: grips with the whole thing. Yeah, they go, sorry, that was a technical glitch. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but, but regardless, it's 1 0 to West Ham. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah. I'd be quite interesting listening. What I found with the German uh, league, which I, I sort of attempted to stick with. Uh was you did hear quite clearly the players interacting with each other. Now we've all got suspicions that there's uh, a, a, a sort of a, a lack of chemistry there with our current <laughs> current team. Yeah. it would be quite interesting to listen to what yeah. they're saying to each other and also whether certain players can actually understand what's being said to them. Yes. yes. Yeah. That, that might be interesting, just for a game, just to do a little sort of analysis on, on, on how well, whether there's a, you know, a, a gelling or a cohesion there. Yeah.
3: Yeah, you can generally do that away games at Arsenal, though. Yes, that's true. I, I've done that several times, you know, analyse what they're shouting to each
2: other. Oh, yeah, that's very true, actually, yeah. you can do that, yeah. then. <laughs>
3: you
0: remember in his early days, you used to wonder if Mark Noble understood what was being said to him, just in English. Yeah, that reputation's now gone. If anything, he's a deep thinker in the team now. He's he was a, actually, an... yeah, he
4: was he was regarded as being. It was a big, big suggestion that he was really thick, but now, no, you know, he's, he, now he's seen, he's seen he's as a... the most eloquent man in the squad, isn't he? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think it was. Um, I think Teddy Sheringham was asked who the kind of dumbest footballer he'd ever met was, and he said Mark Noble. And the interviewer said, You do know Stephen Bywater
3: is in your squad.
0: <laughs> and he went, Oh, yeah, I know that. It's still Mark Noble.
3: His only gauge was how easy is it to win money off them at cards, isn't it?
0: Yes, yeah, so yeah. that's possible. That's quite possible, Uh, yes. So,
3: um,
0: yeah, well, let's uh, take a short break and uh, join you after this message.
1: If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean... At cooler.bike Or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike Cooler.bike E-bikes that are cool AF I'm Jeff, and on my 40th birthday I decided to give up drinking for a year
0: And I'm Matt, Jeff's drinking friend
1: and i'm not happy about it can i do a year sober more to the point will you be really dull will i still get invited out
0: and do you have to drink to be my friend
1: what am i gonna drink instead welcome to wet and dry a new podcast about sobriety midlife crisis male drinking culture pubs and friendship
0: welcome back um now uh so the, it looks like there's going to be a new season going ahead uh, um, behind closed doors. Fuck knows what that's going to be like. Um, from the footage from uh, the training ground, uh, it looked like Yarmolenko uh, was looked fairly sort of fit and keen to play. Uh, you know, I hope yeah. that I hope that we can sort of take part in these uh, closing set of games. Um, you know, without them. You know, just uh, starting again from the from where we left off, because I sort of I'm sort of feel quite confident for how we're going from here. You know, there was talk of calling the whole thing off and doing some kind of weighted point system that would probably see us relegated. But uh, Mm. I sort of think if we, um, you know, were to pay the remaining fixtures, I'm sort of excited by Bowen. Uh, who I think yes. really make a big difference and actually a returning Yarmolenko because I think you could take air off if, he, if he's not feeling it and play Yarmolenko up front in the middle like the Ukraine do
4: is that what yeah. they do for, I didn't know Ukraine did that
0: I think he plays I think he's sort of in I mean not, not necessarily every game but I think he's quite often the sort of target man
4: I think he. yeah isn't he one of Either the or like second or third top scorer for Ukraine ever. Scores loads yeah, of goals. To them. He
3: gets lots of international goals, I think. Yeah, he's bound a know, lot. I of mean, we've never really seen, see, we've just seen glimpses of what he can do, haven't we? Like that he's scored,
4: he Usually when he's scored, he's, he, they've yeah. been good goals, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. The problem is everyone knows what his thing is. It's just cut, he, he cuts cut inside cut. and shoots. And yeah. so any fullback just needs to stop him cutting him inside and they're kind of all right. It's yeah. It's
3: hard to stop though, isn't it? Actually. If if you yeah. if, if you if you're a player that you can control the ball, it's quite hard to stop. Uh, yeah. Uh, and um uh, interesting, it's always that's also Bowen's thing isn't it? It's exactly Yeah. The
4: same thing. yeah. Stick. I, I I took the side oh, of yeah. Boeing okay. to mean that they don't they've kind of given up on Jan Yeah
0: well I think it's sort of, i think his height and a possible target manness is something that we could probably do with if, yeah. if air's just not feeling it because i think mm-hmm. i mean that um that new very attacking lineup in those last few games with uh, a front three of Bowen antonio and Allaire with four nows just behind them was uh, was you know adventurous and sort of progressive, and I'd like to see him keep doing it. And even if it doesn't work with Allaire, keep doing it but put Yarmolenko on instead, you know. Because I think we've got to, we've just got to attack teams now. I think, you know,
1: yeah.
2: Well, there's yeah. also talk of uh, us being interested in that French uh, striker who's very much cut from the same sort of mould as, um, as. As hell, I don't know whether that's like the writing's on the wall for him now, because yeah. he's so utterly useless. But uh, he's like a you know big presence, re- wins a lot of aerial bat. What's his name? Gir- uh, Jurassic. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen no, that. Yeah, oh, I,
0: I, I think I did see. I, I think I saw something you know on Facebook today, but I didn't really look at it sort of closely. You have to normally have to click through loads of adverts to find the actual article.
4: I haven't been following gossip in lockdown because no, nor have I. like you sort of wonder, is there really stuff like this going on? I suppose there is because most businesses are carry on working and there's nothing to stop that kind of the machine, is there? But I suppose clubs also are, are not thinking about spending money, I don't suppose are they so
0: well, it's difficult to get a, a feel of the shape of what's going to happen because you're sort of wondering if the next season will start sort of in early August. Of of this year as it as it should do, or whether it's going to start later, or whether they, you know, the season's obviously going to carry on later. So that closed season might not be the length it normally is, and the amount of business that gets done might not get done. Obviously, these guys, there's going to be guys whose contracts must presumably yeah. end in like June.
4: Yeah, exactly, the and therefore yes. they won't be playing. Yeah, all their clubs. Yeah, uh, at the end of the season. But to be honest, that's just the way it's got to be. Like, if yeah. there's going to have to come a point where all clubs, and you know, particularly ours, who I've noticed are trying to kind of game this whole thing to our own personal advantage, which I think is not a good look for us, right? You, what you have to do is work out what the best solution is for the entire game, and then live with it as opposed yeah. to thinking, well, what's the best solution for us personally? And the best solution, I mean, ultimately we're only going to arrive at that compromise if everyone agrees to not start going too forensically into, well, you know, but what ifs this and what about yeah. that? Someone says, well, it's not going to be fair for us because we've got three players whose contract will expire before we manage to complete the season. And we would planned to obviously have them for the final games of the season. People just got to go, well, look, this is the same situation for everyone. It's bad luck for you that that has happened, but that is all it is now is luck.
1: Do you know yeah, what I mean?
4: Yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. I, I just think that's the attitude people have got to take. They've just got to all get going it together. And and equally, if some clubs have players who refuse to play, like Troy Deeney at Watford or whoever, that's bad luck too. But you've just got to get on with it. Yeah, you
2: know? You're right. It adds to the element of intrigue for this restart as well. Yeah. yeah. Just For a fan, it's good, yeah, it's exciting. On top of the fact that, that, that there's going to be an intense period of games, which is like unprecedented, if people are going to be play, you know, teams are going to be playing absolutely non stop, and uh, uh, players are going to be falling by the wayside But to add that layer on top of it as well, that some teams who had a strong side, or certainly first team players that could just suddenly disappear. Sort of, uh, you know. I mean, all, all, all the rules are out the window now, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, it's a lottery, really. It's like a
2: little, yeah.
4: you know. I think you know, it's exciting. I think if, if we're if we're honest, it's quite exciting. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, as a spectacle, it could yeah. be exciting. See, a lot of games happen in quick succession. Yeah, teams operating without the usual lineups and players, perhaps less physical contact. Probably. Yeah, the element of unpredictability really shakes things up and makes yeah. it exciting. And yeah, the fact that next season will begin and end at a different time and the transfer window might be suspended. They might say, look, we're not having transfer window. We're allowed transfers throughout the year this year, just as yeah. people, you know, sort of uh, yeah, recalibrate.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: All of those things, they'll that be interested I mean, football... We we love football, I suppose, because it's an unpredictable game and things always change. But also, there is, in other ways, there is a grind to these Premier League seasons, you know. Yeah. And and suddenly, get it all getting thrown up in the <laughs> air. Uh, well, listen, I'm not saying I'm ha- happy it's happened, but you got to look on the bright side of it, and I think it's it, it could be quite entertaining.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now then, um, we were talking about uh, A couple of times on this podcast About uh, DJ Russie B uh, Russ oh, Bottom's, yeah. um YouTube uh, My West Ham 11 uh, thing I did it a couple of weeks ago I did my um, EU members uh, West Ham team, so uh, no Britons in it. So, McCloscoe, LeBant, Reaper, Bilic, Schemel, Faubert, Berami, Paye, Keller, Alnatovich, Decanio. Jim, you did it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. uh, Jim, you have, a, uh, you have a quiz based on the principles of that idea, a quiz in yes. which... It's concept. In, it's high in concept. Memory, in memory of the Delaney beating, uh, <laughs> we're, uh, we're going to pit Delaney against
2: Delaney, Dom against yeah. Sal. Mm. Oh my God, yeah. that's
4: ridiculous. It's a setup. Right, guys, they told you, didn't they? The <laughs> great Delaney beating of 1995. Yeah, if, if I, I mean, the tragedy is, is that that suggests that it was some one off incident. If only that were true. <laughs> if only that were true.
0: It lives large in the memory, though. It does. Uh, yeah. So, Jim, do you want to set up your quiz?
3: Yeah, yeah. So, guys, when I went on uh, on DJ Rusty's thing, I, I wanted to do a different um, kind of concept for the team than just picking the obvious great players that we know we could all pick. Well, like um, I did, Jim. I did a no, yeah, exactly. And I thought liked that you had thing. a you had a kind of theme. And yeah. um, so my theme was to, to go along with the general feeling of West Ham as a kind of, uh, you know, uh, glorious failure of a team that sings about failure and uh, always seems to kind of, you know, cock it up uh, when we seem to be on the verge of success. So I picked my team from purely from players who had not won the hammer of the year, but had managed to get runner up. So that was my that was my concept. And uh, so the quiz, you can, you're, you guys, you're going to pick a team, one player at a time, taking turns, and I want you to really pick the the best but sort of obscure team that you can. So you're <laughs> not allowed to pick anyone who has uh, won the Hammer of the Year award. Those 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 those
4: players are out.
1: Right.
3: Nobody I've heard of.
4: Yeah, that, I, I'm just <laughs> going. I don't know about you, Don, but I'm already planning on making up names.
3: Yeah, well, that won't work because I've got... So, mm. there are rules. There are rules. Mm. So, th- there are points to be scored. So, you will get... If you choose someone who won the runner-up in the <coughs> Hammer of the Year Award, uh, Is to be in your team, I'm going to give you two points for that player. If you can go more obscure and choose someone who played between 150 and 250 games, so had a long career, or scored 15 goals in a single season... Uh, but never got a nomination for Hammer of the Year runner-up or winner, I'll give you three points. If if you choose someone who played 250 games or more, and there are eight of these, or scored 20 goals in a season, they're going to give you four points. And if you get one of the two players who played over 350 games for the Hammers but never came first or were runner-up in the Hammer of the Year... You'll get five points for them. And they are both central defenders, I can tell you that now. Okay?
4: uh I yeah know. it sounds pretty oh, complicated so yeah complicated. don't worry I'll do you know that about. do you know that scene i don't know if you'll remember phil you might know the scene yeah. in in Monty python's the meaning of life where john cleese plays a master at a public school <laughs> yes. and he starts describing to them the system by which they have to hang their coats up you know, <laughs> and whether or not they do a haircut or a letter it sounds a lot like that
2: uh, yeah, it's a don't bit worry. Like, i'll yeah. talk you through it dom okay. you're going to go first are we going in, uh,
3: in Team order here Team order So we're starting with the goalkeepers There are okay. To be honest You've only got four You could possibly choose To score points Who were runners up In the Hammer of the Year competition There are four goalkeepers Who have been runner up But never won the Hammer of the Year So
2: Okay Er uh, Four goalkeepers Runners up Never got Hammer of the Year uh, Les Seeley?
3: Uh, that scores you no points. Oh, no. Sam, He scored a goal for us, though. He might have done.
4: Uh, I'll say... Um, Rob Green. Ah. Rob Green
3: did win the Hammer of the Year. So ah. that also scores you no points. So, the
4: first, so we're
3: going to come up to full-backs. You've got to pick a pair of fullbacks. Sam, you can go first. Um, I, they don't have to be right and left-back. They could both be left-backs if you wanted, but they've got to have played at
2: full-back. Can we not just do defenders? You could pick a back four, yeah? Okay, is it my go? Yeah. I reckon for a lot of points, I reckon Steve Potts.
3: Steve Potts did win the Hammer of the Year. Oh, so no point. No point. Can I change my mind? You could have another go in a minute. (laughs) Sam, your first defender.
4: So just to be clear, this has to be a defender who came a runner-up in a Hammer of the Year.
3: Or played loads and loads and loads of games and didn't get either. Oh, OK. Even more.
4: So if you find someone who played... All right, all right. George Paris.
3: George George. Paris is a really good shout. He was runner-up but never won the... Yep, so you get two points.
0: Lovely. Yeah, so the score's Tom. currently
3: Sam to Bond, Sam. zero.
1: Yeah.
3: Dom, um, yeah. you got another choice of a defender.
2: So, yeah, I'm all going... I've, I have seem to be concentrating on one season at the moment. I should have broadened my... Uh, yeah. Yeah, you definitely want to broaden it. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Mark Reaper.
3: Mark Reaper uh, doesn't score you at any points, I'm afraid. Oh, right. Yep. He uh, didn't play enough games. What? He played loads of games. How many games yeah. do you have to have played? 150 is the minimum. For get,
4: to get. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Sam, it's your choice. Okay. Uh, Tony Gale.
3: Oh, now you have hit the big time, because Tony Gale played oh. more than 350 games for the Hammers and never won the hammer of the year and was never runner up. So he gets you a big five points.
2: Wow. Ooh.
0: Jim, can I do one of my questions? Yeah, do you one of your questions. There are some palate there are some pallet cleansing questions, not about football, but they are about the year of the beating. Nineteen twenty five.
4: So, as as we have already said, that 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 was still days when Dom and I I drank alcohol excessively. In fact, I would say 1995 for both of us, Dom, was a a really big year in terms of eradicating brain cells. So,
0: okay. Well, I'm going to give this question to Dom. Uh, If Dom can't answer it, Sam, you can answer it. So, 1995 saw war break out between Blur and Oasis, a war in which the weapons were singles. What was each group single called, and which one got to number one? Oh
2: my god, that was uh, "Park Life" for Blur, Mm -hmm. and it was uh, for Oasis. It was wonderful.
0: Those are both incorrect. Oh
2: my god! (laughs) That's over to you.
4: It was Blur... What it country, was for Blur. Blur Country House. Yes. Uh, Oasis Roll with it. Yes. And um, Blur 1. Point to Sam.
2: Well done. I it. Did it, would I have got a point if I'd said Blur 1, because I knew Blur 1?
0: Uh, yes, you can have a point for that. Thank
2: you very much. <laughs> back
3: to... All back to, oh, uh, right, good. So I've got two more defenders. The other guy who played... Uh, over three, in fact, played over four hundred games. Um, but didn't uh, you got to go back to the seventies for him? One or two of these names go back to the seventies, but there's lots in recent times as well.
4: In recent times, mm. Mm. okay.
3: So it's Dom Dom shout now. Um, still in the defence. Yeah. Uh, let
1: me
2: have a thing. Um. Oh, no, I'm struggling. I'm see. I'm thrown off track now because I'm being absolutely slaughtered by my little brother. <laughs> uh, never won hammer of the year. Uh, could have been runner-up. Uh, what about Rio Ferdinand? Did win hammer of the year. I'm afraid.
4: Oh man, Sam. Okay, uh, I'm gonna say. Oh, I had it in my head a minute. Okay. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. James Collins. James Collins, great
3: shout! Yeah, 192 games, never, never runner-up or winner, so he gets three points for you.
2: Did Sam get a little sort of
4: briefing on this before? Uh, It seems that I'm really good at um, (laughs) (laughs) at remembering average players, (laughs) and you're better at remembering good players.
3: Yeah, yeah, your team's team's looking slightly
2: better. Yeah. Yeah. So one more defender. Uh, All right, I'm going to go. Listen, I'm I'm on a hiding to nothing here. So I would say... uh, Stuart Pearce?
3: Stuart Pearce did win Hammer of the Year. Oh, Uh, my God. You keep picking
2: hammer. It's all about that? Name that hammer of the year, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam, your last defender. It's only just, I can't believe some of these have won hammer of the year. That is yeah, surprising. My mind. when uh, I think of those. Uh, that the teams that they were playing in.
4: It's, uh, I, I say, how about uh, how about Anton Ferdinand? Oh, very good. No, he doesn't qualify. Ah, he didn't, play, well, enough he didn't play enough games. How many games did he play?
3: Uh, well, there's under 150. I don't know oh. exactly. About 117, 120, something like that. All
0: uh, right.
3: Do you want to do another one of your questions, Phil? And then we'll do them. Oh, sure. The yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now, um, uh, Sam, this is to you. Uh, in the 1995 Oscars, the award for best director was won by Robert Zemeckis. For which multiple Oscar-winning film? 1995,
4: Zemeckis? That would have been Forrest Gump.
0: It is Forrest Gump. Point to Sam. Jim?
2: Have you got a question for... Uh, oh, OK, yeah. Uh, I could do another or, or, one. Dom? I'm, I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> Dom? Um, is that allowed? No. Dom? Okay. Now?
0: On March the 17th 1995 which one of a famous pair of brothers died in hospital aged 61
1: Ah uh, uh, and when 19 uh,
2: 1995
0: Amen. famous pair of brothers
2: uh and this is not football related, right? No, no, it is,
0: it is beating Everly. related. <laughs> Bill Everly, no, it's
3: Ronnie Cray. Oh, oh, Ronnie Cray. Same thing, that's nice fun,
4: they're very similar.
3: Yeah, same yeah, thing. Jim. Uh, yes, right. So, we're into the midfield, you have wingers or central midfielders. Um, and there are loads of lovely ones to choose from, particularly fairly recently, so uh, one or two currently playing, I think, or at least one. So, uh,
2: Dom, I'm anyone again, in I'm, the midfield? Yeah, again, I'm going to go for uh, somebody that probably um, did win Hammer of the Year, which is my theme tonight. <laughs> 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 uh, Yossi Benayoun?
3: uh no it doesn't qualify on it on on any he didn't win the hammer of the year but he didn't play enough games either so oh. he's still a null pointer right okay great player sam um, he was a great player yeah i agree
4: uh sam yeah um i will go for oh what about uh lanzini wonderful choice yes yeah. run her up a couple of years ago wouldn't he <laughs> Yeah, perennial runner-up, but, you know, again, I have an instinct for players who've hung around for ages but never quite delivered anything that good. Two points. So,
3: currently, it is a 12-0 thrashing. It is a bit of a brother beating. It's really, really
2: wrong, this. It's definitely, I want a Stuart's inquiry into
3: this. (laughs) So, second midfielder.
2: Uh...
3: Think of all the lovely wingers you've enjoyed. Think of a winger you particularly enjoyed. Oh, uh, Matty Edrington. Won the Hammer of the
4: Year. Oh, <laughs> You've got to put together Dom's team that he's named. it has got to be one of the all-time best West Ham teams. It's incredible. If if that was the quiz, he'd be thrashing you. Uh, I will say, what about Alan Dickens?
3: Oh, what a great shout. 209 games, never a winner or never a runner up at the Hammer of the Year. Yeah. So three points. Wow. Come on, Dom. It's, it's a, it's a second-half fight uh,
4: Don't miss the big clue you gave him on the last answer did, yeah, as well.
3: He did, he did. He did, he did oh. miss the big clue. Will it be Kevin Keane? Kevin Keane, your first points on the board.
2: Yeah. Lovely. How many points did I get for that? 12? Two, you get two for that. But
3: I'm going to give you a bonus because I like him as well. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he was runner-up in 1993. There you go. There you go. Uh, Sam?
4: Uh, Martin Allen.
3: Oh, another brilliant shout! You know, never runner-up, never winner. Two hundred and two games, three points. Jesus Christ! Brilliant.
0: Um, he's fantastic as well, isn't he? In, in Rob Banks' videos, Allen is fucking amazing a player. Yeah. There's nothing he can't do. He shoots from outside the box all the time. He doesn't mind running with the ball.
3: He takes people on. Does a bit of everything. He's a terrific yeah. player. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's a it's an interesting thing that that you know what sways the the voting for the hammer of the year. You know, um, sometimes it's one player who has a sort of startling season, or very often it's just uh, you know we it's that kind of talismanic connection with the fans. You yeah, um, yeah. You know, Scott Parker won it three in a row. I've given you, I've helped you out there. but yeah. um, uh and you think, well, I'm never going to love Scott Parker in the way I loved Martin Allen. Do you know
4: what I mean? No. Yeah, it's interesting. But, I mean, Martin Allen did play in an era where there was lots of, like, kind of iconic players. Because he played in midfield with Ian Bishop and Julian Dix was in the team at the same time. Yeah. You know, and Ludek yeah. Miklosko, Miklosko, Miklosko was in goal. Yeah, And, you know, and so it was a, it was a time where, at the time, I, I remember thinking throughout that period, God, we we're really shit. And now I look back and think, fucking hell, we had a load of legends in the side. Yeah, we did, yeah. You don't realise they're legends until later a lot of the time, do you?
3: (laughs) Well, we had great central midfielders, didn't we? We had a lot. It was, as Phil has made his point over and over again, it was the lack of firepower up front, wasn't
4: it? Yeah. Yeah. In that era, we had Trevor Morley up front, although I think he did win. He was decent. Well, he might well have done, yes. He might
3: well have done. Uh, Dom, your final midfielder. Midfielder.
2: Have uh, we said uh, Stan Lazaridis? Oh, yeah, but he didn't play that many games.
4: did he like,
3: played so under a, fewer than a hundred games? So, he? Uh, I don't like him, but I was surprised. I think he only played about seventy seventy odd times. Uh, That's uh, it's funny how sometimes some players you think of, were in the team all the time. Um, uh, I was surprised How few Berkovich played He played under 100 games and I, he, he seems to be there All the time In those videos that Rob's
4: yeah. Putting
3: up Right so you've got One more Sam In midfield Another
4: midfielder
3: Your midfielders All score points so far been Brilliant shouts Lanzini, yeah. Dickie, And it's a good yeah.
4: midfield It's a good midfield that not yeah. it Yeah it is uh, I will say Could it be How about Hayden Mullins Oh,
3: another brilliant
4: shout! Yeah, yeah.
3: I was going to say Hayden games. Him. Yeah, three games did he? He played one hundred and eighty-three games.
4: So, no, yeah, just about.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. because
4: he played about two seasons in the championship, he didn't did. he? Before we yeah. came up, even yeah. Well, he
3: was Pardew's first signing, I think. Yeah, good player. I thought underrated player. Yeah. I liked him. We were gutted when he got when he got sent off before the cup final, didn't and he? Could yeah, 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 it
1: was, yeah. I was
3: pretty really gutted about
4: that. Yeah, no, he was he was like the linchpin of the side.
3: Yeah, um, Phil, do you want to do another question? Yes, I've got we'll, one left. We'll do the um, we'll do the strikers.
0: I've got one question left, Dom. This question is for you.
2: Oh, God.
3: Although the
0: following year, 1996, saw their breakthrough. It was in 1995 that the six Spice Girls, posh, scary, ginger, imaginary, sporty, and baby, signed Mm -hmm. with which Svengali and impresario? The Spice Girls signed with which Svengali and
2: impresario? It was uh, Simon. uh, Yes. uh, Simon Callow. No. No, not Clive and Kello, Simon... Oh, what was his name? Big Brewery at Chiswick. Buller. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Point
3: to Dom. I know it was that. Yeah. Very Point good. Point to Dom. OK. So, up front, there are some startlingly good names to choose from. Because, yeah. bear in mind, there are... I'll tell you now, there are four players... Um, Uh, from the 70s onwards, have scored more than 20 goals in a season, never runner-up, never hammer of the year, Uh, and also some really good strikers that didn't win it either. So, stop. All
2: right. Uh, Okay, I'm going to go for another hammer of the year. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go for uh, David Cross. Oh, fantastic shout. Fantastic
3: shout. He never was never runner-up, never won. Scored 33 goals in the oh, AC okay. 81 season. Played 223 times. at oh, points for Dom.
4: Wow. Fantastic player as well.
2: Yeah.
4: All right, I'm going to go for Carlton Cole. Carlton Cole, yeah,
3: 15 goals in a season and 182 games. Scores you three points. Good shout. And this is the last one, so uh, finish
2: on a flourish, Don. Well, there you go. No, it's a tiebreaker, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, so, uh, so let me think. Um, uh, well, I've got two floating around my mind. I'm going to take a stab at Paul Kitson.
3: Oh, good shout, but doesn't Absolutely qualify Yeah.
2: Not enough, games. Can I, uh, I, not enough I'll, games. I'll let Sam answer his one, then I'll tell you who I was going to go for. I was on the fence at well, It
4: might be the one who I'm about to say, which yeah, go on, I think qualifies, but I'm not sure. Bobby Zamora.
3: Yeah, he does. Was runner up in, uh, uh, wasn't it in the great escape season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 2007. So he gets you two points.
4: Who are you going to say?
3: I was going to say Marlon Harewood. Uh, he would have got your points as well. Damn that. Yeah. And if you'd have gone for K- uh, for Kitson's partner. Hartson. Super Johnny Hartson, 24 goals in 97-98.
2: Yeah, but have I would assume he would have been one of my hammer of the seasons. Because I've
4: no, been- never even a runner-up Really? That's so weird because I think he was like the last player to score more than 20 goals in a season for us. I think he might. I think he might. Un- Unbelievably, I think that's yeah. the case. I don't think the Canio ever managed it. No, no. And, um, yeah, I don't think anyone's ever managed it. I mean, you know, obviously Dean Ashton would have done, but he didn't. He, um, yeah, he, didn't, he didn't ever get enough games. That's yeah. Right. So
2: that's a
3: bit shameful,
4: isn't it? That Hartson was the last one to that's have incredible. done that. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is really. I mean, Dave Cross in 1881 has got
3: 33. That's incredible, you know. isn't
4: it? Yeah. yeah, that is incredible.
3: So, Jim, what are the scores? Well, uh, um, Dom Delaney, uh, adding in your points as well, uh, nine. Uh, And uh, Sam's got so many, I can't can't really... uh, uh, A number
4: that's impossible to calculate. Uh, uh,
3: 25.
4: Wow. Wow. A bit of a thrashing. Now,
0: Jim, I know uh, we're going to... they always say, go out on a song. That's the, yeah. uh, the yeah, main rule yeah. of show business. But you've got a poem for us. But before we do that, um, this West Ham 11 thing, Simon Pentol, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, he came up with a West Ham 11 that uses the least surnames. And that team That's is... very good. That team is in goal, David Martin. <laughs> He's got a back three of Alvin Martin, Rio Ferdinand and Anton Ferdinand. That's good. In the midfield we've got Keith Robson, Stuart Robson, <laughs> Martin Allen, and Paul Allen. Right. And up front in a genius move, we've got Brian Pop Robson, Clive Allen, and brilliant. Les Ferdinand.
3: They yeah, are brilliant. He could poor old Mark Robson's on the bench, presumably.
0: Yeah. Yes, that's right. He's on the bench. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's a tough call. Keith Robson was good. Yeah. Uh, Keith Robson. That's Stuart Robson. Well, yeah, know? it's quite a strong team, in fact. Quite yeah. a strong team. Yes. Um, now, Jim,
3: you have a poem, I believe. Uh... Yeah, because the poem accompanied my appearance on. Uh, so I did. I, 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 you'll be relieved to hear I haven't written about all of my 11 team, just a few of them.
4: Uh, and it is. What about... is this appearance you keep banging, banging on about? I must oh, have this... switched off earlier. What is this special appearance that you made? No, it, was, it wasn't
3: a special appearance. Uh, you're talking
4: right? about like it was a gala celebrity no, 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 no. night with Jim. <laughs> uh, sadly, not, as you
3: can imagine. Uh, <laughs> it's just, um, it's just Chap DJ Russell. He's, he's getting people to talk about their Hammers 11s, that's all. Right,
4: okay, all right. Sorry, I lost my temper, video. but I was I was yeah. sick to the back teeth of hearing it.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I was picturing another
0: beating happening.
4: Yeah, I was like, Jim, I very, uh, come yeah. on, yeah. some kind of right cyber case? bullying. Oh, <laughs> yeah, an internet beating, you yeah. know what they call that, don't you? When everyone gets like all the trolls, yeah, all, a pile of all at once. Yeah, or I've heard it called a dog pile. Oh, right, that's a what I've heard pile. it called. <laughs> oh, I got, you know, I got dog piled this year by the pharmaceutical community.
1: Yeah.
4: Maybe? Yeah, I got really badly dogpiled by them. <laughs> because Why? I I suge- I went on this morning, the television program to review the papers and I and there was a story about pharmacists and because I'm was just being facetious and uh, and lazy. I went. Ah, wow. Well, they're only glorified shopkeepers, anyway, aren't they? All they do is bring you your pills. It's a silly joke, right? Clearly, a silly joke. I had a grin you on my did face.
2: You would also say that you. That they all think they're doctors.
4: Yeah, I said they all think they're doctors. <laughs> <laughs> right? And and the and I, you know I was reprimanded on the spot by the other people on the program with me. So it's all fine. They started an internet campaign against me, so vast and aggressive that. I'm proud to tell you that it received m- the most off complaints of anything on British television in the last 10 years. Wow. Did they you discover? They did orchestrated you, it.
0: Did you discover a uh, uh, a lemon with a,
4: a paracetamol <laughs> stuck in it? Honestly, I'm not joking, right? It was almost that bad. It was almost as bad as being dogpiled by Millwall. Because is, I... <laughs>
2: The mere fact that I'm related to Sam means that I have to go to black market chemists now because I yeah. can't get uh, any chemist.
4: He can't even get proper paracetamol. He's got to get off-brand stuff.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right. you don't know. It's non-brand stuff. So you don't know what they put in that paracetamol.
4: I'm um I'm serious when I say, all seriousness, I did receive death threats from pharmacists.
2: Yeah. And, and let me tell you, they'd know how to kill you. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's what it's they said they said next time.
4: Next, they said be careful next time you pick up a prescription because you might just get the wrong one and it might kill you. <laughs> God. And then the Royal Pharmaceutical um, uh, Society got in touch and invited me to spend a day shadowing pharmacists to see how they. Found Incredible. I, said, I told them no thanks, mate. I don't want to end up with a fucking lemon in my bag. Yeah. Or, yeah, or worse, a kiwi, a lemon that thinks it's a doctor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, what I'm saying is, dog piles and indeed pharmacists, no laughing matter. No, absolutely, absolutely. no pharmacies. Jim, uh,
0: yeah. I've uh, I've changed into a smoking jacket and I've got a pipe, and okay, uh, very good. I've had a mantelpiece put in and I'm leaning against it, so I'm now in a very receptive mood for some poetry.
3: Excellent. Well, as, as I said, this poem, uh, all, the, all the players mentioned in this poem, only ever runner-up in the Hammer of the Year. OK, now. gentlemen, be upstanding for Jim's poem. Mm-hmm. It seems unfair that for all his flair, his football do and dare, his debut pair, his lack of hair, Sinclair, our second greatest Trevor was never Hammer of the Year. And it seems bonkers tonker. Our trusty Ray, so brilliant on his day. Could play 400 games, put 80 pens away and win the cup down Wembley Way. Oh, that's a lot. But Stuart, our adopted Scott, he never got the pot. You what? For Hammer of the Year. And what's more, Zamora, our great escape top scorer, 11 to Tevis 7, with winners of the Emirates and the Millennium, a worldie at the brum, dumped Campbell on his bum. It seems like folly, this master of the cushion volley, never won. The Hammer of the Year. It seems ironic, or at least flawed, we had a ward, a pocket battleship with a rocket shot who didn't pocket this award. Have we been mean to Kevin Keane, our little bow-legged permateen, so often seen to pass and shoot with the outside of his weenie boot? In 1989-90, to Teeny Keeny scored 13, but our little hammerette could never net the Hammer of the Year. And if that list seems five too many... I ought to mention back of any.
4: Nice. Nice. A a really nice way to end that.
3: Marvellous work.
0: Marvellous work. Well, we're probably going to have to uh, wrap this uh, Stop Hammer Time up, gentlemen. Yeah.
4: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Uh, we
0: should. We have plans in place, don't we, for our uh, very exhaustive uh, raking over of the Carlos Tevez affair. But I think we should wait till we're all in the same room before we do that.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. that's going to be definitely. great.
0: And um, we should definitely get one of our uh, our uh, legal eagles on it as well. In fact, I think that um, certainly one of our legal eagles, and I'd probably better not say too much. Um, the deal was done in their office uh, yeah. with the corruption yeah. you know. Giraffe. Is that
4: right? Oh, wow. Let's get so, them involved. So. Yeah, they sort of know about a lot of the
0: stuff they probably can't say, but also stuff they can say. So um, so we've got that to look forward to. But until then, we'll be doing more of these shows in lockdown. Uh, my name is Phil Whelans. With me have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. Sam Delaney. Bye-bye. And Dom Delaney.
1: Bye. Come on, you irons. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you've got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to
2: the flu. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: Step into the world of power,
0: loyalty,